0: Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio.
1: Hello, goblins and ghouls. Welcome back to another edition of Animal Radio. It is uh, October, Halloween just around the corner, and we're asking for your Halloween horror stories as we do every year. We've put together a Halloween kitty doggy package, which includes toys and reflective bandanas and treats and all kinds of good stuff. one 405 8405 Also, what you need to know for your pet to be safe during the season. There's actually a new alert, a warning out. Really? Well, we'll tell you about it in just a few minutes. Jack Hanna and his flamingo are in the news. It's not great news. That's on the way. <laughs> oh, did I mention our friend Caesar Milan's going to be on today? He returns once again. And we get personal with him. You may hear him on another show when they ask. <laughs> we get personal. We're going to ask him this week about breed bans. And we're also going to ask him if he's ever had a failure. Oh, do you think you'll admit it? Well, I don't know if he's ever had a failure. <laughs> Uh, let's clear the lines first. Uh, hi, who's this? Hi, this is
2: Karen.
1: Hi, Karen. How are you doing?
2: I'm fine, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm alive. <laughs> I'm doing well, That's very well, thank you. <laughs> well,
2: good. I'm a little under the weather today, you are? but yeah. What do
1: you have, like a, a cold?
2: I think I have a little bit of the flu. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you
1: sound great to me. I'll tell you. You must really, really sound great when you're when you're <laughs> <Uh-oh. well.
2: laughs> Thank you. Where are you calling from? Um, I live in Hacienda Heights.
1: In Los Angeles. So you're listening on coast.
2: Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Every morning, Sunday morning, very early.
1: Yes it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
2: Uh, you're one of those early
3: birds. Yes, 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 I am. What can we do for you?
2: Well, I was listening and I was um Listening to you one morning, I think you were in Vegas.
1: Oh yeah, the uh, Super Zoo show with all those great products.
2: Yeah, and um, I heard about your bed. That oh, um, the O C K nine bed. Yeah. These are, the O C K nine bed.
1: They're, they're like Tempur-Pedic mattresses <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for pets. Your pets. Yeah. yeah,
2: I have a little Pomeranian, and she um, she probably would really enjoy that. She sleeps on the floor.
1: Ooh, that's... Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to sleep on the floor because that's uh, that's so hard. How old is
2: she, did you say? She's going to be nine years old.
1: And what's
3: her name? Peaches. Peaches. Can we give Peaches a bed? We can. And you know what? I have something special for Peaches. I actually have a pink... OC Canine Bed Holy. for
1: Oh, Really? Yes. Love that. <laughs> okay, let's do that. We'll, we'll do that. Hold on a second. We'll get some information from you. And get better because we need all the listeners we can get. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much. And I really enjoy listening to you guys in the morning.
1: Hold on one second.
2: Okay, thank you.
1: Well, there's no doubts that our canines will want to, you know, be involved with the Halloween. At least, uh, at least look over the goodies that we bring home. Take
3: through the bag. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: we know that's not so good. But there, there comes even worse news that some of this sugar substitute that we've heard about, in particular, xylitol, could be dangerous for your dog. Wow. And we have Dr. Sharon Gwantley-Brant on the phone with us. Hi, doctor. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing great.
1: Thanks. Now, what is this? Tell us. What's the deal? The well, sub- is this all substitutes or just this particular substitute? No,
4: it's just the xylitol. Um, turns out the dogs' bodies handle xylitol quite differently than human bodies do. And um, in people, xylitol makes a very good uh, artificial sweetener sugar substitute, I should say, mm-hmm. um, because we don't, absor- we don't absorb it real well, and what we do absorb doesn't cause any changes in our blood sugar levels. But in dogs, for some reason, xylitol is absorbed well, and it, it triggers in, uh, release of insulin from the pancreas, mm-hmm. and the insulin then subsequently drops the blood sugar to dangerously low levels. And again, this is kind of a species difference thing that we definitely don't expect to see in people, but we we do know for sure occurs in dogs.
1: What about other species like felines?
4: Well, the, we don't know about cats. There was a lot of research done on xylitol many years ago that, did, that documented this that dogs had this unusual response to it, but they never used they never did any studies in cats. So we really don't know where cats uh, um, are. We do know that cows and horses handle xylitol very similar to people in that they don't wouldn't have an issue with it, but cats we do not know. No one's done those studies.
3: What are the most common products that you'll find xylitol in?
4: Well, many sugar-free gums, because again, in humans, uh, xylitol can be uh, kind of cavity-fighting. Many of sugar-free products um, are now going over from some of the other sugar substitutes to xylitol so we'll see them in sugar-free baked goods one of the things about xylitol is you can actually use it in baked goods and many of the other sweeteners um, if you try and use them they'll break down during the baking process and lose their sweetening so uh, that makes xylitol very popular but probably the most common call we get is the sugar-free gums because many many of them do contain xylitol
3: how much does it take for a dog to consume before it becomes life-threatening?
4: Well, it depends on the, um, the let's say, for instance, the sugar-free gum, the amount of xylitol in that it can vary quite considerably. Mm-hmm. But the sugar-free gums that contain 70% xylitol, it would only take two pieces of gum in about a uh, 20-pound dog before we'd start seeing mm-hmm. significant and potentially life-threatening lowering of the blood sugar level.
3: Are the
5: effects reversible?
4: Uh, Well, yes, we get get them into the veterinarian. The veterinarian can administer intravenous glucose to get their blood sugar level back up. Um, We have had a few dogs that um, have subsequently developed some very severe liver problems. Um, after ingesting the xylitol, and in that case, since we're still not sure exactly why that's happening, um, we're not real sure how to prevent that, but certainly monitoring um, the liver during that time is very important to make sure we don't end up with some secondary liver problems.
3: What are some of the signs or symptoms I should be looking for in my dog that he has ingested this? Okay.
4: After they've ingested the xylitol, and again, depending on what what it was in, for instance, with the sugar-free gums, we find that we can sometimes see signs immediately almost within 30 to 60 minutes, or sometimes the signs may be delayed several hours, and I mm-hmm. think it's a, a matter of how much xylitol actually leaches out of the gum during that time. Um, so, but in situations where animals have eaten, say, baked goods baked with xylitol, we can see signs within 30 minutes, and those signs are uh, the animal will appear to become a little bit disoriented, they may appear weak, we'll start noticing some muscle tremors, and then if their blood sugar drops slow enough, they can actually start to seizure. Wow.
3: Is this something new?
4: Um, it's Well, like I said, they did the studies years ago to find out that there was this unusual um, re- or a different reaction for dogs with the xylitol. Um, I think the reason we're just We've just recently, in the past several years, noticed it is that more and more products are having xylitol included in them. Mm -hmm. And in the past, xylitol wasn't commonly put in uh, a lot of things in this country. It was used very; it's used very uh, widely in Europe and in Japan. But in this country, um, it just hasn't been used that much.
3: Will you find that on labels of items? Yes,
4: you can look on the label and the ingredients, and xylitol should be listed as one of the um, uh, ingredients. And and what's interesting for us, or a little frustrating. for us is that some of the manufacturers of some of these products are switching from one sugar uh, sugar replacement to another. Mm-hmm. So while well, six months ago maybe it had maltitol in there as a sweetener, now it has xylitol. So every time we get a call, we usually ask the uh, the. the owners if they can read if they have stopped the packaging can you verify the ingredients here because the one i have says it doesn't have xylitol because we want to make sure uh that we don't you know overlook a a potential problem
3: so it's not all artificial sweeteners
4: no it's strictly the xylitol and xylitol is spelled with an x so it's x y l i t o l just so you know Mm -hmm. um and again um it is it's the only sugar substitute that we know has any problems in dogs
1: you say that you see a bunch of cases like this, how many have you seen?
4: Well, um, we've had Basically, the question is, how many have we had calls on where we've actually had clinical signs?
1: Um, How how serious is the problem?
4: um, It can potentially be life-threatening. We have had dogs that have died, either in seizures or subsequently from liver damage. Um, Probably overall, as far as symptomatic animals, this year we've had well over 100 cases called into the poison control center.
3: Uh, Do you see more of this around Halloween and the holidays with all the baking and things going on?
4: Uh, you know, I don't know that we've actually looked at that. In general, our calls on baked goods and such do go up around the holidays, you know, from about the middle to end of October and through all the way through Christmas.
1: This, this leads me to my next question. Yeah. I want to bake something that I can eat myself that I can share with my dog. Mm-hmm. What are some of the best sweeteners still to use that we can use with our dog? I know there's chocolate substitutes like, what is it, Carob. carob.
4: Yeah. Well, in general, I guess I don't, I don't actually um, encourage a lot of sh- feeding of sweeten- sweetened products to dogs. They probably do better without the sugar, but sure. certainly sugar is fine. Um, any of the other artificial sweeteners would not be a problem. We just do want to stay away from the xylitol. Um, and uh, as far as using chocolate substitutes I don't want to do anything that gives my dog an impression that chocolate is okay to eat because okay. chocolate can be so dangerous in dogs and if, if we develop a taste for it they'll go out actively searching for it mm. and that could be a problem when someone sends you a package of, um, of chocolates in, wrapped up for Christmas sure. and you stick it under the Christmas tree and you have no <laughs> idea there's chocolate in there but your dog sure does. Uh,
1: Dr. Sharon Galtley Brad joining us thank you so much for uh, this important news.
4: You're very welcome.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more.
1: Could you close the studio door, please? Thank you. Judy, are you uh, dressing up your pets for Halloween?
3: I'm going to try to dress up one of my cats, Nike. He's kind of a little devil, and I'm going to put a little devil cape on him. He likes to go to the door. When kids ring the doorbell, he runs to the door, so I want him to run to the doorbell wearing his cape, if he's willing to participate.
1: Yeah, do you think... Uh,
3: do I don't think... know. Normally, when you put it on a cat, they just kind of fall over and they won't move, so we'll try.
1: One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I want to hear your horror stories. Your pet horror stories for a kitty pack or a doggy pack, which includes some treats for Halloween. one 866 Hi, who is this? This is Camille. Hi, Camille. Is Camille your name? Camille, Camille, yes. okay. Where are you calling from?
6: I'm calling from St. George, Utah.
1: Oh, listening on what station?
6: On 106.1.
1: Thank you so much for listening. What can we do for you today?
6: Well, I have a dog story.
1: A dog, a dog horror story?
6: Uh-huh, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay, so one day, like my dog, she really likes to chase animals and kind of chase things around the backyard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, one day she just starts barking really loud and we're like, what's going on? Uh-huh. So we looked out the window and she has this skunk cornered. Oh, oh no. So, yeah,
7: it,
1: oh,
6: this is bad. She's what's her name? Sk- her name is Mugs.
1: Okay, Mugs has a skunk.
6: So she's staring at the skunk, and the skunk's just staring back at her, like, you know, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So she goes, and all of a sudden, the skunk just sprays her. Oh no! And right after she gets sprayed, she uh-huh. runs in the house. <laughs> So, the whole house just smelled like a skunk for weeks. It was so bad. And, I mean, we did everything we could to get it off a mug, but it wouldn't come off of her. And, oh, it was horrible.
1: (laughs) You you had to clean furniture and stuff, carpet?
6: Yeah, and it was funny because, like, we had friends come over and they're like, what the heck happened to your house? And we're like, oh, Mugs got sprayed by a skunk. Like, no one wanted to come over for, like, three weeks. (laughs) What kind of clear. what kind of a dog is Muggs? She's a boxer greyhound mix. We actually adopted her from a um, pet shelter in Las Vegas when oh, she good. was just a baby.
1: Well, now so. does she does she still play with skunks?
6: Oh, I bet she does. She just doesn't get sprayed. I hope.
1: <laughs> Are you gonna take Mugs out trick or treating?
6: Oh, she would love it. She could be uh, probably
1: like a police officer. <laughs> a police officer. dog. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to send Mugs a, a, a toy for that story there, okay? Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second.
0: Your horror stories, One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more.
8: Dogs or cats. Horse or emu Animals are people too Things looked pretty grim for the four baby opossums They were found in the marsupial pouch of their mother who had been killed by a car But two Virginia Beach vets and a wildlife rehabilitator came up with the perfect solution Evelyn Glendis already had one mother possum in her backyard sanctuary So when she heard about the orphans, she suggested a possum switcheroo the mother possum had 11 babies called joeys, but they were old enough to leave the pouch, so they sedated her, put the four new joeys in her pouch, and when she woke up, she just started taking care of the new ones like her own. Now, if we could only teach those possums how to cross the street. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio.
1: Animals
8: are people too. Animal
1: Radio. Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works.
9: There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Buddy,
10: don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of
11: dogs eat grass. Didn't
10: you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans.
11: I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com.
12: Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to
11: stop this? You can contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should.
1: Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again? Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box.
3: The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action
1: at 60catgenie.com. That's the number, 60catgenie.com. Or call one 800 517 Four two eight nine. That's 1-800-517-4289. Cat Genie is totally litter-free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover.
3: So Cat Genie uses permanent, washable granules that never need changing.
1: To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Hi,
13: this is Richard Karn from Home Improvement, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Now remember to spray and neuter your dogs.
14: (laughs) It's a good idea to spray and neuter your animals.
0: Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. one
1: 405 8405 Hi, who's this? This is Audrey. Hi, Audrey. How are you doing?
14: Well, fine, thank you. And how's everyone there
1: today? Oh, well, you know, it's a very beautiful, sunny day here. I wish that I wasn't inside, actually. <laughs> it would oh, be rather... I... How about where you are? Where are you?
14: Well, I'm in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. But... Beautiful. Probably low 80s, high 90s. Wow. It's been kind of hot
1: there recently.
14: So, yeah, no, I, yeah, it was 94 yesterday, so I think it's less. Probably about 89 today. Ooh.
1: Wow. Something is happening to the to the earth, Judy, I'll tell you that right yes, now. Yes, temperatures <laughs> are strange. Audrey, what can we do for you?
14: Well, we have a Boston Terrier that we've only had about a month, and she's been a crate dog. Um uh, and then now that she's living a normal life, she sleeps in her crate at night. But she, um you know, has a part of the house for running during the day, and has a little doggy door and goes outside. Well, when they first, when we first got her, she, we took her for walks and she'd do her business and everything. But then we got the doggy door in. When she would poop, she eats it, and we didn't know what to do about that. <laughs> Uh,
1: that's uh, I know I've I've listened to Animal Radio before and I've heard Judy say that's pica. Is that, that
3: pica? You're very good. It's uh, pica. See, I listen. It's called uh-huh. P I C A, and it's the eating of objects that are. It's not the quite appropriate food substance. Dogs do this. Cats do this. Uh, sometimes dogs eat their poop. They eat rocks. They eat dirt. Have you had the dog checked out by your veterinarian to make sure that there's nothing going on with the dog?
14: Well, uh, when we first got it, we got the well check uh-huh. and. I gave it a blood test and everything, and everything was fine. You know what?
3: There usually is nothing wrong with the dog. They're usually very healthy. Mm -hmm. Some vets think it's like an obsessive-compulsive disorder. Uh Some people Mm -hmm. say the animal could be bored and is looking for attention. Uh, There's a variety of reasons. Some veterinarians will even prescribe an antidepressant medication for the dog. Mm-hmm. but in the meantime, there are things that you can do to the poop so your dog won't eat it.
0: What are those things?
3: Well, it's stuff that you can actually put in your dog's food, which is supposed to produce a stool with an unpleasant taste. Now, you think it, You think it would already taste unpleasant. But <laughs> right. <laughs> is this
1: something you could get from your vet, or do you, can you no, get it you at can the can pet store? It,
3: you can get it anywhere. You can use uh, bitter apple. You can use uh, cayenne pepper. You can use a bunch of these different products that you can just put it on the food so so when the dog ingests it and the poop comes out the other end, it has a certain flavor that they won't re-eat.
1: What, what about poop? MSG? I heard that uh, that's use, a spice that you can use. Yes,
3: MSG works just as well. Oh, um, good. So yeah. you can just
1: put that on top of the food. What? How much do you put on?
3: Uh, I don't know. I would check with my veterinarian. I guess it would depend upon the Wait, size yeah. of the dog. Yes. Just kind of as a precautionary thing is have your vet do a fecal Examination about every 6 to 12 months, you mm-hmm. want to go ahead and check their feces and make sure that your dog's not being exposed to any intestinal parasites or roundworms that can get into your dog by eating feces on contaminated soil. So, right. Yeah. And in the meantime, they are still working on a cure for pica.
1: <laughs> I know that we've had calls about dogs that eat kitty litter, eat out of the oh, kitty yes. litter. So it's not uncommon. Uh, but uh, your doctor should be at least notified, right. alerted and find out. Make sure that everything's okay and he'll have probably ideas of his own there. All right. What's Thank your dog's name?
14: Bambina.
1: Bambina. <laughs> and can we send Bambina some dog toys? Oh, yes, we'd love that. Okay, we will do that. Hold on one second so we can get some information from you. 1-866-405-8405.
5: This is an Animal Radio News update made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products.
1: Jack Hanna and his flamingo stuck in an airport turnstile. I'm Hal Abrams. Animal expert Jack Hanna and an 11 month old flamingo became trapped while trying to squeeze through a security turnstile at a Columbus airport. It took firefighters to finally get the flamingo out. Jack Hanna, a frequent guest on nationally televised talk shows and of course Animal Radio, was returning from a zoo fundraiser with a mongoose, a small leopard, and a flamingo. The entourage arrived at the Ohio State University Airport just after midnight Sunday to find. the terminal closed the only way to leave the tarmac was through a 10 foot tall metal turnstile with several horizontal bars not the easiest exit to squeeze through when you're traveling with boxed up animals Hannah said he said he was stuck like a worm my eyes were as big as grapefruits Hannah eventually squirmed free, leaving the flamingo still wedged inside and everyone else trapped on the tarmac. He then walked to a nearby fire station for help. It took three firefighters to hoist the flamingo's crate up out of the turnstile. Hannah joked the next time he flies through the airport, the biggest animal he'll bring is a gerbil. Get more Animal Radio news at AnimalRadio.com.
5: This has been an Animal Radio news update brought to you by the Simple Solution natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products. 100% biodegradable training pads. Biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover. A great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer.
0: Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. You know, Judy. Some people say that it was the TV show.
1: Some mm-hmm. people say it was the best-selling book. But I'm pretty sure that it was Animal Radio that launched <laughs> Caesar Milan's career.
3: Oh, no doubt about it. And uh,
1: you know, we got to call him up, give him heck for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, dial that line. I think it's ringing. Hello? Hi, Caesar. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Let's see. It's been about a year since... I love Animal Radio. I know. I know.
3: We have you on all the time. You're oh, wh-
1: thank you. You're a regular.
0: Thank and, you, guys.
1: And uh, it seems... Like this is your fourth time on, and it coincides with your fourth season, of course, on the National Geographic channel. Yes. And uh, w- what's new for the season, by the way? Can you give well, us a little
15: tease? Absolutely. I, I'm, what I'm going to tell you, is going to be more, more of everything. It's 35 new episodes, first of all. I'm very excited about it. So it's more than 100 dogs that I get to rehabilitate, of course, train the owners. And more insights and, and without a doubt, more aha moments because this time we do follow-ups. Follow-ups, okay. Yes, you know, three to four times coming back to the person so so they can really get it because a lot of people, you know, wanted to know. So what happens, you know, what happened when you leave? Well, there he is. I'm giving my my audience what they want. I'm definitely responding to that.
1: Now, when you return, do you have to do any uh, additional training?
15: When I return to the honors? Yes. No, but that time they know it's not the story that I'm looking for. I'm just, you know, what we need to be. In the beginning, they want to give you the story, you know, this is what happened to the dog, blah, blah, blah. The dog is so honest, you know, I'm aggressive, she's frustrated. So let's get to that. you know, so once the owner realizes it's not really about the past or the future, it's about the now. And that's when we start creating transformation. And a lot of people, you know, need the coaching to remind them, okay, who you are as energy right now, which is the whole point of the book, the second book, Be the Pack Leader.
3: Do you find that they fall back into the old habits and go back to let the dog run their lives?
15: But you know uh this time, I really bring members of the family you to really remind each other i think it's something that we're losing you know that we're not really uh being family members and reminding each other what what is good and bad and so hopefully they don't they don't uh you know go back to to themselves uh to you know to their old self
7: uh-huh. because
15: you know the motivation is to have a balanced dog and that's what they that's what they send, you know, emails or write letters and send me the tapes. You know, the, I want help. I already hired seven different trainers, <laughs> and nobody has come out with this strategy. Okay, fine. So that means, you know, you're hitting rock bottom. And sometimes people that, are, that hit rock bottom really work harder than anybody else.
3: Do you find that it's better to train just one person to handle the dog, or do you think the whole family should be involved?
15: You know, dogs are pack-oriented. So if you study dogs, they all participate in racing puppies. And they're all participating in keeping the you know keeping the pack together. So I rather have a family that work together for the benefit of a dog, and and the dog will work for everybody the same way. So you know, if, if the dog will not get disconnected of who's the pack leader, who's not the pack leader. You know, you know, in my house, my wife, my two kids, myself, my mother-in-law, everybody that's in the house have to play leadership role. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so this way they keep a the dog in the same state of mind, and they don't create instability.
3: You train people to work with their dogs. Do you train other people to become trainers?
15: That's my that's my future goal. Actually, we uh, I'm going to open dog psychology centers around the country because I, I think dogs don't have. A specific place where the owners can come and practice the fulfillment necessary, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. There is dog parks, but, you know, a dog park doesn't really uh, create the balance that people are looking for, because you can't bring an aggressive dog to a dog park, you know, so what what, should, what, what can you do for an aggressive dog that is really no places? So that's what I want to create, ne- you know, starting next year, dog psychology centers, areas where you can come and learn to walk walk with a pack and if you have a sheep herding dog after the walking with the pack then you go and practice what the, what the breed needs and after that then you can take your dog to the dog park but that time he's going to become submissive so we're not going to experience any fights
1: your client list is uh, very impressive uh, one of the clients is the grogan family of marley and me the, yes. the book. What, what were you doing over there
15: well, they was they were actually repeating the same mistake. It's just, it just created a different side effect. You know, their their new dog was actually attacking uh, uh, members of of the family because they have chickens as as member of the family, and you know, Labradors retrieve things. They don't really go and kill things. But when they're not being challenged, they can go back into a predator state. So you know, what he shared with me is that you know, from a journalist's point of view, he had to step out of the picture. And but. When you are working with pack-oriented species like dogs, you can't step out of the picture. You really have to play the role of a pack leader. Otherwise, your dogs will play it. You know. So, in, in the in the book, Marley and me, you know, Marley was destroying the house.
1: <laughs> now it's your old buds, Hal and Judy Caesar.
15: Uh,
1: have you had any failures or any times that you just were so frustrated? You can tell us.
15: I'm going to tell you. In season four, I I almost yeah. I almost said this dog. I can't turn them back. <laughs> yeah, her name is Luna. You know, and normally I work with dogs that are afraid of sound and sight, but never I never in my life worked with a dog that was afraid of smell. Ooh. Wow. So yeah, you see, it, 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 it was pretty odd to me that a dog was not curious about smells,
7: uh-huh.
15: and so. You know, 30 days passed by, the dog was still the same, and it's like, oh, my God, i I pray more than ever. <laughs> you know, God, please give me the strategy, give me the strength, give me the patience. And and so, but, you know, thanks, God, we, we put it through. In. So I learned a lot.
1: Sometimes it takes strength, doesn't it?
15: Yes, you can't lose your faith. Sometimes, you know, uh, to me and my belief, God is testing you. <laughs> You know, and and challenge always make you grow, so I really grow a lot in that aspect. And, you know, Luna really taught me about, you know, uh, you can also rehabilitate dogs that are afraid of uh, smells, because I never had a dog that are afraid of smells. Normally sight, you know, and sound, but never, never smell.
3: What kind of a dog was Luna? Do you get called out for a certain kind of breed more often than others?
15: No, no, it's actually state of mind. Aggression happens to any kind of, you know, you've seen it, Chihuahuas, Great Danes. It doesn't matter. Aggression is a state of mind. Fear is a state of mind. It's not a breed thing. But Luna is a dog that came from a shelter. The funny part is the owner actually purposely went to find the worst-case scenario he can find. Normally people end up with this dog unconsciously. You know, they fall in love with a dog that they feel sorry. Uh-huh. But this guy went and looked for the worst case scenario, and he did found it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it, that, that's that's very amazing to me, you know what I mean? Because people normally don't go and look for these cases. Uh-huh. They end up unconsciously. Uh, it's a very successful you know, episode, very successful case, and uh, um, I learned a lot, like I said. And, and, and so you asked me the question, do I ever have a dog that almost wasn't able to to do it that was her
1: yeah that was it but yeah. uh but you you persisted you found the strength to do it
15: you know uh, I, I and i'm glad that i did it because i, I feel much more assertive about it you know and uh, and it's just a matter of time it was just a matter of time you know uh, the dog was always obviously traumatized uh, severely and she went into starvation before that so there was a lot of uh, traumatic experiences she had and, but she, you know, finally I gained her trust. That was all about trust, you know. It was about her trusting me. Mm-hmm. But at the, at the end, I have to trust myself all the way because obviously I never had a case like that. So it, it gave me, you know, I, I, I take it that way. I take it, okay, I, I need to work more on trusting
1: me. Mm-hmm. We're with Caesar Milan, the new book, Be the Pack Leader, of course, a, a new season of Dog Whisper on the National Geographic channel. A lot of news recently about dog maulings and breed ban legislation. In Michigan, uh, I believe the latest place where there's been some children that have been mauled, a lot of people are pointing towards the breed. Do you feel that is the case?
15: No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, it, it's unfair to, to, to judge a, 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 a dog or a breed in this case. Because there is no knowledge behind instinct. It's all reaction. You know, Petey from the Little Rascal is a pit bull. He became an actor. You know, so it's not the breed. It's the human behind the dog. But how easy it is just to, to say, okay, let's ban this dog and let's create fear and ignorance among society. That's, that's where we are going to end up, are a whole there... bunch of fearful people and a whole bunch of ignorant people, because they believe it's the breed. It's not the breed. My dog, my personal dog, is a, is a pit bull that I take everywhere for that particular reason.
1: That said, are there certain breeds that are easier for humans to neglect and turn into angry dogs?
15: What any dog can become uh, aggressive, you know, any any dog. So in the book I, I, I show the power of the breed and what we're supposed to do with the power, you know. We're supposed to channel the power into something positive. Uh, You know, you can't just chain a dog regardless of the breed and expect balance or keep him in the backyard and expect balance. He needs exercise. He needs to be challenged psychologically. And, of course, he needs affection after that. But, you know, expectations are high and fulfillment is low, you know. But then we blame the dog. It's unfair.
1: Get the book. Be the pack leader. It's an awesome book. It's going to be another bestseller. Thank you.
15: And, Thanks uh, for your blessings.
1: You know, it's been, well, of course, you know, it's been a year since you've been on. Hopefully the next time that you come on, it, it won't be so long in between. Thank you. I right. Make it happen. right. Uh, yes. It'll happen. Cesar Milan, ladies and gentlemen, on Animal Radio. Hold Thank on you one guys. second.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on learn more.
14: Hello, this is Dom Louise, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Love your pets, they will always love you back.
5: Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pet stop Resoiling in the house? Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain Odor and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit petsmart.com.
13: Every year,
0: there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911.
13: It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. That's 911. Proud to be partnered with Animal Radio.
0: Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. one 405 h
1: 405 Either your horror stories for kitty or doggy packs or your questions, whatever you want to talk about, and give us a call. Hi, who's this? This is Wendy Chandler. Hi, Wendy. How you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Boy, you sound cheery. <laughs> it's, it's just good to be here. <laughs> and where is Here. Uh, St. George, Utah. Okay, we have three stations down there. Uh, Do you know which one you're listening on? Absolutely, 106.6. Sunny. Sunny. Uh, What can we do for you today?
7: Um,
6: I am calling um, because you were giving away some fun doggy prizes. Anything in particular? Um, Well, we like (laughs) the... They're making fun of me. God, that's not nice.
1: <laughs> Are you at work? Yeah. Those bozos. <laughs> Tell them you're winning big-time prizes yeah. on animal radio. See,
6: I'm winning big-time prizes here. <laughs> um, either the canine um,
1: bag. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The thing that goes on the leashes that has the light and the bags for uh, picking up poop. What kind of... Uh, Along with
3: the hand sanitizer. That would be good. What kind of dogs do you have?
1: <laughs> I've got four dogs.
7: <laughs>
6: they're they're all rescue dogs. Oh, good! And so it's fun. I've got a greyhound boxer mix,
7: uh-huh.
6: a poodle terrier mix,
1: uh-huh.
6: and then two. Um, like a teacup poodle, um mixed, just two little ones.
1: So So two pig so two big ones and two little two ones.
6: Two big ones and
1: two little ones. Okay, we'll put together a big old prize package which uh I know we have some of the canine genius toys. We'll throw in a couple of yeah, those. Yes, some too. great okay. toys. Oh, that sounds great. And thanks for listening
0: to Animal Radio.
1: Hey, thank you so much. Hold on a second, Kay? Okay.
0: I said enough Hey gang, this is the Money Man. Eddie Money, make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio.
1: And Judy's just informed me that we have two more Halloween kitty packs and doggy packs. We're going to get more in next week. Is that right? That's right. And, of course, we're looking for your horror stories all month long. So if you don't call in today, you can call in next week or the following week. 1-866-405-8405. (sighs) Ah. Who's this?
16: Hi, my name is Nancy, and I'm from Schumer Pennsylvania. Where is that? Well, it's about 15 miles north of Reading, Pennsylvania.
1: Okay, so you're listening on, what, uh, WEEU, I believe? Yes. Okay, great. Do you have a horror story for us?
16: Yes, I do. Several years ago, we had a black cat that was dropped off on our property. We live in the country, and, uh, of course, we felt sorry for him. It was a very icy winter, and we brought him in. And little did we know he would change our lives for the time that we had him was very nosy, very investigative. Oh, they do that, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, we have another red cat, which is older, and she didn't really like his presence, so he was the domineering cat. At the time, they were allowed to roam through the house, and uh, we have a shower and a set of her down in the, in the basement. Um, and he decided one day he was going to scoot somehow in between the wall and the floor huh. uh, underneath the frame of the shower oh, stall. Oh, no. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how did he get in there? Well, he got himself wedged in there and he couldn't get out. So my sister was here and I'm like panicking, thinking, well, he can't back up. And he's moaning and groaning and, you know, doing the whole nine yards. And I'm panicking. I'm thinking, we're going to have to rip this shower stall out to get this cat out of between the wall and the floor. So uh, she said, Now just come down. You know, she's talking to me, and I'm trying to get him to come out and grab his leg, you know, and tugged a little bit, and he Mm -hmm. wouldn't come. Uh So finally, uh, I'm thinking, I got to call 911 or something, the fire company that, you know, I didn't really know what to do. Never had an incident like this before. Scared to live in daylight, telling me, because he was, he wanted to get out, but he couldn't. Uh Uh So I don't know if he. Uh, I don't know how he got in there. Why Why did they get in and they can't get back out? Uh, we
1: have one of those cats here, a studio cat, that, that goes one way without thinking about how they're going to get out of it. And, I don't know. So uh, did you call
16: the fire department? No, I didn't. I just pulled on his tail <laughs> and pulled on his back leg gently. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know if he just exhaled or just relaxed or uh-huh. whatever, but I was able to get him out. And needless to say, he was uh, full of shower <laughs> debris that was accumulated for several years Uh... and yeah and then i had to clean him up and everything but uh that was very um
1: did you block off that spot so he
16: He was no longer allowed in the area yeah
1: okay (laughs) i get it is
16: he still around these days no he isn't we had to put him down
1: okay Uh, Uh, do you have any cats
16: right now we have a red and white one and she's uh actually 15 years old really okay what's her name cinnamon
1: Fifteen years old, so you've been a slave to the kitty litter, have you not?
16: Yes, I have. And she just, uh, he was really, uh, he was just a mess. When we had him, he just got out of the box and fling his paws <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> and, and she gets out of the push. She's a lot more, she's a lot neater than he uh-huh. was. Uh, but it's amazing how when you bring a stray in or just another cat, when you have an older cat, they she regressed. Mm. Oh, and as soon yes. as he was gone, she just... Blossomed And now oh, she's wow. a yapper and a lovey-dovey and uh, queen of the house.
1: Hold on one second right now so we can get some information from you, okay? Th- thank you. 1-866-405-8405 is the number.
17: Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. From springtime through the late fall, many people are subject to seasonal allergies. But pets are not the only ones. For our dogs and cats, these same seasons bring intense itching and discomfort, And our pets get their own hay fever. It's a frustrating and somewhat common situation. Pet owners by the millions flock to their veterinarians this time of the year in hope of relieving their pets' itchiness. This constant chewing and scratching and licking can test an owner's love for their pets. Allergies are an overreaction of the body's immune system to a foreign substance such as pollen or flea saliva. For people with allergies... We sneeze and sniffle as our bodies respond to this histamine reaction in our nose. But in dogs and cats, they react differently. Histamine is released and causes the pet to feel itchy in their skin. The pet reacts by scratching at that site, and this constant assault can cause damage to the skin, leading to bacterial infections. Areas of hair loss and oozing sores, you may know them as hot spots, are very common with these allergies. Fleas are found to be the real reason for pets' itchiness in many, many cases. However, the pet who is truly allergic to fleas will often appear to have no fleas at all. These pets are the ultimate flea catchers, doing everything in their power to bite or scratch the discomfort from the flea away. The flea saliva is what sets them off, though, and it's hard to remove that. Once the flea bites the pet and the saliva is in the skin, the itchiness starts. Allergies to airborne substances like pollen and mold spores are another reason for pets to itch. Known as atopy, it affects many pets from the springtime straight through until the fall. This condition can be inherited in certain breeds. If your pet has signs of allergies year-round or you see little or no improvement with certain medications, you may have a pet that's allergic to its food. Contrary to popular belief, food allergies take time to develop. Most pets who develop food allergies have been eating the offending food for many years. In some mild cases, the itchiness can be treated with antihistamines or even steroids for a short period of time. However, pet owners need to be aware that allergies are not a condition that can be cured. The good news, though, is that we can manage them well with a team effort from both you, the pet owner, and the veterinary team. Utilizing diagnostic tests such as blood tests and even skin allergy testing, veterinarians can often find ways to reduce their pet's discomfort. In some cases, your family veterinarian may refer you to a veterinary dermatologist. But in all cases, you, the pet owner, are a vital part of the treatment team. Allergies are not only the most frequent reason for a trip to the veterinarian, but also the biggest reason for pet owners becoming frustrated with their pets. Working with your veterinary team to identify what's causing your pet's symptoms will help keep your four-legged family members right where they need to be in your lap with you. For the Veterinary News Network at MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio.
1: Thanks, Doc. We want your horror stories all week long, 1-866-405-8405. Your horror pet stories, hopefully with good endings for big prizes. That's all we have time for this hour. Remember, you can get lots more streaming online 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com or on any cell phone. Simply text Animal to 27627.
3: And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm
1: Hal Abrams. Have a great week. This is Animal Animal. Animal Radio Network. Network. Hey, animal thrill seekers! The following hour of Animal Radio was originally broadcast April two thousand six, and we had a lot of fun making it. We hope you have a lot of fun listening.
0: <laughs> Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Here
1: are my notes. Okay, here they are.
3: You can't find anything on that. Desk well, of yours. there's a
1: lot going on today. Okay. America's number one pet talk. I'll tell you why Animal Radio is America's number one pet talk. It's guests like Joan Embry. She'll be joining us today. Also, we're talking about your overweight pet.
3: Those pudgy pooches and fat cats.
1: Yeah, you know, if you put two of them in a room together, one of them statistically is probably overweight. This could be your pet. It can lead to diabetes and all kinds of sicknesses. Uh, Also today from NBC's Biggest Loser. Jillian Michaels, what she's the it? she was the trainer on the head NBC's of all, biggest. Yeah,
3: they had all the people losing wet weight.
1: Yeah, how do you tell if your dog or cat is overweight?
3: You know, I have a a way that I can tell if my cats are overweight. It's I don't know if I can say it on air. Sure. But, but my thing is, if they can. Um, reach their bottoms, clean their bottoms, then they, they're not overweight. If you they, mean if they can
1: lick themselves?
3: Yes, if they can go that far, then they're not overweight. But if they can't reach themselves, then, then they're overweight. Then they're overweight. Well, yes. I don't know if
1: that's the <laughs> clinical. We'll find out today, okay? Jillian Michaels, is she, I believe she's actually on hold right now.
3: I, I think she can hear everything we're saying. Dude, is this radio station on heroin? I
18: don't
1: know. Hi, Jillian. Hey. How you doing?
18: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
1: Very good. We have Jillian Michaels on the phone, of course, from uh, the the biggest Loser, NBC's Biggest... It did pretty well, didn't it? Yeah, it did great. So what are you doing these days? I understand that uh, things aren't all great at home, <laughs> that maybe there's a pudgy, pudgy pet at home. Ah uh, well, okay. Ex pudgy pet. Okay, ex
18: pudgy pet. Yeah, because he's he's lost one pound. Wow! And, <laughs> but look, dude, he's an ele- he was an eleven pound dog. Okay. So, uh, you know he's lost one pound. We're on our way to eight pounds. Okay. And um, you know we're. We're taking the problem of pet obesity, you know, by the horns, and Baxter and I are forging ahead and leading the way on the Hills National 2006 Pet Fit Challenge.
1: Okay, how can you tell, first of all, if your pet is okay a little overweight?
18: Oh come on! Dude. It doesn't take a brain surgeon. You <laughs> no. know, you look at the dog, you look at the dog or the cat, and usually it's like you know they'll they'll have like the rolls. Truthfully, with with the, what I've been told and what my vets told me is that if you can't see sort of that little indentation in their waist,
7: yes. Uh,
3: they're fat. They're fat. They're, yeah, if they, you stand over them and you look down and you don't see. Yeah, arms. if you look sort of at their back
18: and it's it's just there's no indentation uh-huh. where their ribs end, then you know
16: you've got you've got some
1: issues. So they're not they're not getting their exercise, which probably means that you're sitting on the couch too, and you're probably a little overweight too, huh? If the if the dog's overweight, <laughs> maybe you're overweight,
7: right?
18: You know that that's definitely one part of it, but you know if you look at somebody like me, you know I, I definitely was sort of. You know, having this weird catharsis with the dog, where it was like I—I I was like, if I can't have it, you can. <laughs> and mommy's gonna live through you. And you know, you you feed your dog all these things that you know—salmon pieces, a turkey burger—and it's like. You think that to them, you know, you're saying, Mommy loves you, Mommy's giving you all these treats. And
1: nice. what you're really doing is, you know, you're killing them. So, okay, the 2006 National Pet Fit Challenge, What, what is this? Well, okay. Um, well, the first thing you need to do, by the
18: way, is, is check with your vet to make sure that your pet can begin working out and exercising. And, okay. Because you know, they might just need to go on the diet first, which that's what Baxter's doing is he's on a Hills Prescription Diet RD. And
1: Baxter is your chihuahua, right? Yeah,
18: Baxter's my chihuahua. And, um, 13
1: put, pound chihuahua.
18: He's, he's a. He's a the, my friends all used to say that he was an elephant yeah. in a chihuahua suit. Okay. <laughs> but he's not anymore. Okay. Yeah, no, he's very he's becoming very spelled.
1: Okay, so we need to go to our vet, check and make sure that uh, this is okay to do, right?
18: Yes, and then when you get to go ahead, because they might need to go on the diet first. Okay. And then what you need to do is go to www.petfit.com, mm-hmm. and you can sign up your cat or dog, and then there are regional finals. And the winner of the regional finals gets to come to New York. Oh. Where Baxter and I, of course, are going to be one of the judges. Okay. And, uh, you know, Bax is going to be ripped. So he's telling all the other dogs and cats out there to bring it. Okay. Yeah, he's he's setting the bar. And um, and then, of course, the winning cat and dog will get an all-expenses-paid vacation. Where? I'm not sure. We're talking about Telluride, Colorado right now.
1: Okay, that's a very beautiful place, being a Colorado boy myself.
18: And you can take your, uh, your dog hiking and, you know, the whole bit. It's very, it's very exciting, actually.
1: Ooh, okay, so what's the website? One more time, we go and we check with our vet, and then if we, we can do it, he gives us the A-OK. We go to the website, and we sign up, right? Well, exactly. You sign up, but probably the
18: first thing you really want to do is get them on the food. It's sure. It's Hills Prescription Diet RD,
1: because it's all about what we feed them. Now, what if, wins, what, what if somebody wins with another food? That's that's the question. Let's say they're on a completely different diet. Can they win?
3: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What are the
6: deadlines?
18: I'm not entirely sure. Though I've got to be honest with you, but you can find it all out on petfit.com.
3: Well, you don't want to put them on a crash diet and do this within a few weeks or anything no. That, like that would be crazy. Yeah. No,
18: you can only. I'm telling you, there's only one way to do it, and it's it's doing it, checking with your pet, getting them on the the food. The food is like it's high fiber and low calorie. It's just it's fascinating because it's just the same with people. It's like you put people on high fiber, low calorie diets. You know, you work them out, you you have them consult their doctor. I mean, it's just it's just like you would do with Yourself. So, how
3: can someone who's a fitness guru like yourself have a pudgy pooch? Didn't you notice it? I did notice it. <laughs> and it was, you know, we
18: thought it was funny, we thought it was cute. And you know, my friends all called him Fat Baxter, and it was like, okay, whatever. And and um and the thing of it is, like, look, you know, when you're when you're a human being and you're overweight, people, you know, you feel ostracized. But when you're a dog and you're overweight, it's like all the other dogs get you, and they're like, that dude has it good. Day. You know? So I was like, whatever. It's like he's, you know, the talk of the block. But then you know, my vet was like, okay, you know what? It's not funny because I was laughing about it. And she's like, Jillian, you know what? potentially you could have baxter you know i was like look kate you know wh- what was he gonna live to what am i gonna get 12 13 she's like no if you would get serious about this potentially you could have him until 18 19 wow, and that's when difference. i was like okay i'm serious you have my attention yeah, mm. yeah at that moment i was like okay i now now it's not funny to me you're serious and she's like yes and that's when i was like look, what needs to happen here and so that's, so now I'm like, we're all about him being like ripped for summer. So he's, he's trimming down. He's got, you know, he's lost about a pound thus far. And I'll tell you this much, seriously, like his energy has increased exponentially exponentially.
17: Yours and has, too.
18: I mean, like, he never... Like, I would make jokes about it, and I'd be like, this dog doesn't play. This dog doesn't... And, like, now he gets his toys, he brings them to me. He gets his leash, he brings it to me. And I'm like, this is not my dog. It's really fascinating.
1: Well, here, like people. Here's how serious the problem is. And, you know, first of all, the real first step is admitting... That your dog has a problem because and cat
18: and cat. My mom's cat is bad. I'm not going to let her off the hook.
1: Now we're not talking about five or ten listeners right now that have a problem. Let's do the math because Boog, intern Boog, has just handed me the numbers with two. No, with two million listeners every week. Uh-oh. That's eight hundred thousand animals. Eight hundred thousand listeners with animals. They may have more than one pet at home. That are overweight, so there's a good chance, a forty percent chance, if you're listening now, your pet is overweight, and yeah. this would be a great program for you. Once again, Jillian Michaels, what is the website?
18: www.petfit.com.
3: And as far as the show goes, uh, the Biggest Losers, is there any possibility of seeing anything along the lines of animals? You know,
18: I have no idea. I don't. I
1: don't. You, know. you don't. You don't take part in the creative process behind the NBC. Uh, the,
18: no, I'm afraid not. Well, so he'd like give, to them, give, give them that yeah.
1: idea. And they might, uh, they might, you know, they'll say, there's Jillian girl. Well, you know. I'll tell you,
18: you know I had brought Baxter on the family show? Yes. And they cut him out. They did? <laughs> I was so angry. They cut him out of the family show. And I think they just felt like it, it you know, they like to create these archetypes of, you know, between the trainers and I think they just thought that it made me look a little too.
1: Well, we we need to get a a picture of Baxter and we'll post it up at the website at AnimalRadio.com Oh, okay. I'm all over that. Okay. (laughs) Jillian Michaels joining us today from The Biggest Loser. The website once again, and by the way, if you don't get it now, it's PetFit.com You can uh, head on over to AnimalRadio.com and get websites, URLs for everything you've heard on the show today. We have more Animal Radio on the way.
15: Hey, this is Caesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced.
1: The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that
8: works.
7: Dogs are cats
8: or in you are people too. Knock, knock. Who's there? How about an alligator? That's what happened to Lori Pacelli from Bonita Springs, Florida. She heard a knock at her front door, peered out the window, only to see an eight-foot alligator knocking his nose against her front door. The bull gator had wandered up from a nearby pond, possibly following Pacelli home as she took her cocker spaniel for a walk. The gator didn't give up for over an hour getting a bloody lip in the process before returning into the pond. A nearby alligator expert said it wasn't unusual to find gators in nearby pools, garages, and front porches during what he called the crawl season, or mating season. It's probably always a good idea to look before opening your front door. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animal Radio are people to animal radio
9: There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently. Even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet.
10: Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org.
13: Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org.
0: Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D com. Hey, Animal Thrill Seekers. The
1: following hour of Animal Radio was originally broadcast April 2006. And we had a lot
3: of fun making it.
1: We hope you have a lot of fun listening.
0: Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, you don't have to go
1: very far to find the latest in uh, diet fads. Uh, the latest diet, whether it be the South Beach diet, whether it...
3: <laughs> Atkins, there's just so many of them out And
1: everybody there. claims each one works. But here's one that I'm going to personally recommend... Uh, Because I believe it does work. Patty Lawson is joining us. Uh, Patty, how are you doing?
10: Hey, I'm doing great.
1: Where are we calling you today?
10: You're calling me in Charleston, West Virginia.
1: Okay right there on the uh west virginia side of charleston right
10: absolutely okay hey
1: listen uh you 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 obviously have a a very close friend in your life
10: i do and her name is sadie and you got her at the end of a relationship i did um actually several months after the end of the relationship i took my time wallowing in my misery first Uh of course and uh then um, when spring came i decided can i lay on the couch forever no of course not uh or do i need to get up and rejoin the human race and i got up and uh And it was, the sun was shining and I went up to PetSmart because I knew Uh, the Putnam Animal Shelter brought dogs there on weekends Uh and I had decided that I wanted some company. Wow.
1: And uh, what kind of dog is Sadie?
10: She had a Cocker Spaniel mom and a German Shepherd dad. Uh And she has the beautiful Cocker Spaniel fur and ears but she has very long German Shepherd legs and I call them fashion model legs and she's very pretty.
1: And she came to you at a a time that you really needed her.
10: I needed her very badly but after I got her I didn't want her. (laughs) Honestly, I took her back back. <sighs> <laughs> I took her back after that first night. I thought at 3 a.m. that morning, I was outside in pajamas, hair in ponytail, glasses, big coat over my pajamas and robe, and I'm thinking, I thought my life was bad this morning, (laughs) and I brought this on myself, you know, and I couldn't believe it, Um, and I took her back, but when I came home that night, I felt like the biggest loser on the face of the earth. Mm. My house seemed to have doubled in size. I opened my laundry chute where her shrill barks had been bouncing up through the night before, yeah. no barking, no dog, and uh, the first thing I did when I got to my office the next morning was call the animal shelter. And they
3: were waiting for your call, weren't they?
10: They were not. No? They were were like, we don't get this. You had a puppy, now you don't, now you want her. Well, none of the puppies came back from PetSmart, Mm. and I was feeling horrible, and I said, well, just take my number, and about an hour later, my secretary came to the door of my office looking very puzzled and said, why is the Putnam Animal Shelter looking for you? Mm. And um, it turns out that the woman that was the adoption coordinator at PetSmart knew more than all of us combined, I think. She said she felt that this dog was meant for me Uh and took her home with her for the night. And so I was very lucky. She said... Meet me at Wendy's, and it was like forty, thirty miles out of town, with forty dollars, and you can have her. And I, I got her, and I've been inseparable from her ever since.
1: Okay, well, like many of us, we we all struggle with weight problems. Uh, when you say dog diet, do you mean dog diet? What did it tell us about the diet?
10: Actually, the dog diet. I went to work one day, and I'd had Sadie three weeks, and I, unbeknownst to me, um, one day I decided to get weighed and I had lost eight pounds.
7: Mm-hmm. Wow.
10: And I'm a person who got weighed morning, noon, night, sometimes in the middle of the night. So for three weeks I had not been on this scale because I was so busy with this little puppy. Uh-huh. And I lost eight pounds and I thought, wow, what's happening? Well, first of all, I had changed eating a lot of things because the vet said I couldn't give her my food. And I knew things that were bad for me certainly would be bad for a dog, uh-huh. like pizza and french fries and hamburgers and things that were noisy. She came running to the kitchen so there went the potato chips because I don't know anyone you can open a potato chip bag quietly. Mm-hmm. So I had changed a lot of what I was eating. I was eating quiet foods and foods that didn't smell good, like cottage cheese, and I was making a lot of black bean, cold black bean burritos and things, <laughs> hard-boiled eggs. And I also got active. There's no laying on the couch all day when you have a puppy. No, there isn't. And my exercise as a chronic dieter had always been associated with the word endurance. Come home, change clothes, go out, walk real fast, four miles, get it done, come home. Right. Not so with Sadie. It became enjoyable. Before I knew it, I had had a good time, some running, some fast walking, some strolling, and I was a half mile from my house. And I was doing that three times a day, which added up to three miles. You're an inactive person and overweight, you start walking three miles every day. Mm-hmm you change. Wow,
3: do you lend Sadie out? I do not.
1: <laughs> but you, you did the, you chronicle this whole thing so that uh, others can uh, take advantage of the dog diet. You, I have a brand new book, which is, what is the book's name?
10: The book is The Dog Diet and Memoir, oh. What My Dog Taught Me About Shedding Pounds, Licking Stress, and Getting a New Leash on Life. Okay,
1: give us a couple of the uh, the tips that you include in the book.
10: Well, one of the things I said is that dogs get us off the couch and on the sidewalk, and that if something isn't good for you, it isn't good for your dog. I share my food with her, Mm -hmm. and um, I have a whole list of foods that are good for dogs and you. One staple that I I eat a lot of chicken, and when I make my dinner, I make an extra piece for the next day. so You have a cold piece of chicken that you can add to your salad because the basis of my diet is the salad box Uh filled with fresh vegetables and salad that you make your meal from and add some protein to for my lunch the next day, I chop up my chicken, I put some aside, chop it up for Sadie, and she eats um, at her feeding station and I eat my salad and chicken and we're happy and eating healthy
3: very good you know uh, going back to the very beginning in fact your book starts off about uh, I love this story about how the workers at PetSmart at the dog adoption ask you to hold Sadie for just a minute
1: yeah, oh no. yeah this is, this is sneaky <laughs> and the, we shouldn't yeah. be giving this advice oh, out. Yeah. I don't know if we should be talking about so this, this on the air but it's, know about it. it's a tactic used by many uh, adoption organizations but go ahead
10: well It was, it was unbelievable because I looked over my shoulder. I thought they had to be talking to someone else. I certainly didn't look like a person you'd want to trust holding a little puppy. (laughs) So
1: they asked you to hold a puppy they had to go or something like that?
10: She was real busy with some people who were actually adopting a dog and she had a bunch of papers and she had this little puppy under her arm and she saw me and... um, Can you hold this puppy miss? Exactly. She said, will you hold her for a minute? And I looked over my shoulder just as she just handed her to me. Okay. And um, that was it. And then when she was all done it was the longest minute ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, She asked me if I'd take her home for one night. So the one minute turned into one night and the one night now has turned into three years and weight loss (laughs) and weight loss
1: and you can learn more at uh, thedogdiet.com I imagine you can uh, find out you get the book anywhere right
10: you can get the book everywhere which really excites me um, although it's nothing It's nothing compared to the joy I still experience every day with my dog. Oh, good. My whole life changed. Um, I'm just... And that's the thing I think about dieting, too. When you get happier, and I look at myself through my dog's eyes now, and I'm not a person constantly in need of improvement or or reprimand or striving for perfection. She loves me just the way I am, and I learned to love me that way, and it made a huge difference in my life. Would you... Forget the exploits.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Would you give this (laughs) advice to uh, someone breaking up anybody... Whether it be a guy or a gal, uh, they, they certainly are great unconditional love, huh?
10: Absolutely. I think that anyone who wants a constant companion in their life and wants to make that commitment to a living creature should definitely adopt a pet because they will be there for you. And you also have to decide that you're going to be there for them. I asked to borrow my niece's dog one time. I said, may I borrow your dog for a week to see if I want to get a dog? And, you know, at eight years old, this girl is so smart. She said, that's not how dogs work. She said, you don't borrow dogs out, Pat. They are for life. You have to take care of them. And I thought, wow, you know, and I know when I brought Sadie home that day and signed the papers in that Wendy's parking lot that I didn't understand that I had committed to life for her. But I know that now, and each and every day, you know, we took it one day at a time, that commitment became real, and it became such a part of, of joy in my life. What Very a wonderful
1: story. Uh, told in the dog diet, what my dog taught me about shedding pounds, licking stress, and getting a new leash on life. Patty Lawson joining us. We have 10 copies to give away at one eight six six four zero five. 405 Eight four zero five. Make that nine copies. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, a lot of books come through here. Every once in a while, there's a there's a great yeah, book like this one, the, the Dog Diet: What My Dog Taught Me About Shedding Pounds. Thanks so much for joining us, Patty.
10: Thank
1: you for having us. 1-866-405-8405. Who's this?
19: Hi, this is Judy from Memphis, Tennessee.
1: Memphis, Tennessee. Are you listening on radio or the internet?
19: On the internet.
1: Okay. What can we do for you today?
19: Well, I was interested in the uh, Caesar Milan CD.
1: We have it for you. We have the very last one. It's five hours of Caesar Milan.
19: Oh my goodness, that's great. It's
1: great stuff. He's. What do you think of the guy? Besides the fact that all the ladies love the accent. <laughs>
19: well, he is kind of sexy sounding, isn't it? He sure is. Yes, yes, um, yes. He's fantastic. He's just a. Amazing what he can do with dogs, and I just I, I love seeing his show on TV, and I enjoyed the interview that you all did with him. And he just he's just an amazing, amazing man with with dogs.
1: Yes, he is. Well, he's a frequent guest on Animal Radio. Uh, that was, I believe, his third appearance on Animal Radio. And of course, he teaches the guardian as well as uh, the dog to be balanced, as he says, to be balanced. <laughs> I can't say it like he says it.
3: Not even close.
1: I, if I had an accent like that, I wouldn't be here, I'll tell you. <laughs> (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to give you one of the CDs. Thank Uh, you so much. Who's who's the dog? What's the dog's name? Max. Max? What kind of dog is Max?
19: Max is actually female. It's short for Maxine, by the way. Okay. Um, I adopted her about three years ago. She's a Black Lab
14: Mix.
1: A Black Lab Mix. Big dog?
14: No, she's about 50 pounds. She's kind of small.
1: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to put, put together some extra goodies for her. Okay? Oh, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Thank you. Hold on one second. This, this is animal.
13: Animal. Animal. animal Radio Network. This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio, and remember to spay to neuter your pets.
1: Hey, Animal Thrill Seekers. The following hour of Animal Radio was originally broadcast April 2006.
3: And we had a lot of fun making it.
1: We hope you have a lot of fun listening.
0: Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. You know, it's incredible, the
1: the guests that we've had on. I'm just looking at the January, February, March guests. Uh, we've had Ed Asner, uh, Gary Berghoff, Dr. Joyce Brothers, Leslie Nielsen, very fun interview, uh, Jack Hanna. That's just the beginning of the list, and... Eh- I am so amazed. You have come such a far way, Judy, who not a lot of people know that uh, Judy's uh, undergone a lot of adversity. She sounds like a normal person. She has no head. It it actually just goes up to the shoulders. And with this, she actually books the show, many, many wonderful guests. And today, this guest, wow, boy, I I remember when I was a, a kid. A couple of days ago, actually, I was a kid. Yes, you
3: still are. And
1: I was watching Johnny Carson, and there was always this lady that came on with all the animals, really introduced America to uh, some of the wild, exotic animals.
3: That was one of my favorite parts of Johnny Carson. Of course. I love that segment. Joan Embry. And, uh, hey, Joan,
1: how are you doing? Hey, good. Looking at this picture of you, uh, this either has to be a picture of you when you were 17 years old or you just don't get older. <laughs> and I'm thinking that the latter because I did see you on a, uh, just recently with Jay Leno on a, a tribute to Johnny Carson. What is the deal? Are you and Dick Clark uh, seem to be on the same vitamins? I,
19: you know, I think we both keep incredibly busy and we're real passionate about our work. And you just kind of stay focused and
1: stay young.
19: You don't stop.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, Of course, you uh, are well-known as the ambassador or were the ambassador for the San Diego Zoo, but most importantly, you're just an all-around uh, pet lover, animal lover, aren't you?
19: I'm into every aspect, and I mean every aspect. I live on a horse ranch, which includes, of course, my domestic animals. I have or Retriever, Yellow Lab, and I have a Weimaraner, and I have a Bengal cat. Not Bengal tiger, Bengal cat. Well,
1: oh, what's the difference? I It mean... comes
19: in and out of my house. It's a domestic cat. It is a but domestic, but it's F one first cross is with a wild cat, so it has a wild look to it. But it's kind of, you know, it's a domestic cat with with a little bit of wild to it. it His spots and it, and it looks rather exotic. But he has an indoor outdoor enclosure, and they all sleep in bed with me every night. So really, it's a big family.
1: Now, does your husband mind that you share the bed with so many animals?
19: No, we just got the biggest bed we can find because they all pile in, especially on cold nights. And they like the comfort of it, of course, but they have their own beds, but they they kind of sneak in. (laughs) Probably the most unusual was a a pea hen. Well, we didn't know what it was when it came, but it was a little pea fowl chick. And we were raising it, and we put it in a basket on our headboard, and it kept getting bigger and bigger. And it would perch there every night, totally content, and sleep. And then in the morning when it woke up, I, I would put it out and it, it got pretty good size before we finally said okay time to move out. Cats didn't bother it? No our animals all get along pretty we, we kind of are the mediators. Uh-huh. It's like at one point we had a, a, a wallaroo in bed and it had diapers and it was being <laughs> bottle fed and it was it was also growing and it could it got to the point it would hop around the bedroom and then jump up on the bed and my yellow lab was sound asleep and the wallaroo came you know, flying up in a you know, totally awake, wanting to play, jumping on and off the bed, and it jumped right on top of the lab, and she wheeled around and growled at it, and I said, "Traveler, don't you hurt that baby?" And you know, she kind of cowed down, and the Wallaroo came over and grabbed a hold of her and thumped her with his back feet about three times before she knew what hit her, and from then on, he had complete, you know, control of the whole situation.
1: How many animals are on your your uh, ranch?
19: We have 30 exotics, um, what I call my wildlife ambassadors, that we use for educational programs about the environment. We have, I have a champion brahma bull, a dexter steer, a llama, uh, about a 700-pound durock sow, a hampshire sheep. These are animals that I bought from the 4-H kids who now lobby every year for me to buy their <laughs> animals because they know that they live forever on my ranch. So I'm, I'm involved in every aspect of animals. Was it true that uh, people drop off animals at your ranch? They do, and I'm on the board for Project Wildlife, so luckily I have a venue where I can hopefully move them on because having animals and you know what's involved in protecting them and with emerging disease and uh, all of the, the issues that we face, uh, anything that gets dropped off here has to go in for a complete veterinary evaluation, mm-hmm. immunizations, and and then you have to find a home for it. So ideally, um, I get them into a wildlife rehab, and that's one area that I don't get into just because of the time and because of, of the number of animals I have here that, you know, we monitor their health. Rate. Do you
1: have anybody helping you there?
19: I do. I mean, I have two, two full-time employees in my wildlife compound. I have two full, full-time employees that work um, with the horses, a trainer, a um, trainer. Horse trainer that works with me and uh, a secretary, a handyman, <laughs> a few and, people. A,
1: and a husband.
19: And a husband who's, of course, uh, totally immersed in it all. Of and course. we have a new institute. It's the Joan Emory Institute oh, really? for Wildlife Conservation.
1: And uh, is it a nonprofit?
19: It's a nonprofit and it focuses on connecting people to wildlife and, and wildlife challenges. And hopefully, um, give them uh, opportunities and venues to get involved, learn more, and get involved, and, and to see where sometimes, you know, even the smallest contribution can have an impact. Website for that? I do have a website, and I'm just building it, so you'll see. Well, the horses are on there. The institute, some of the projects are on there, which include um, I'm on the board for the Wildlife Health Center for the Veterinary School at UC Davis, and they work in wildlife health and and conflict between humans and and wildlife issues, and trying to understand through science approach um, how to deal with them. One good example is the mountain lion here in California. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a five-year study uh, currently, as of January this year. Eight mountain lions have been collared in San Diego County wow. to understand their movements and how they interface with humans and also our endangered bighorn sheep which fall prey to the mountain lions. So we're trying to understand their activities and understand what are the important corridors that they use, how can we provide for mountain lions and balance the needs of mountain lions with humans. I also work with the veterinary department in Tanzania, the Tanzania National Parks, who monitor health uh, throughout the country and the interface with wildlife and domestic animals. And I collect Veterinary supplies and computer supplies and uh, things that help them accomplish their work out on the Serengeti and the uh, thirteen other parks so about twenty five percent of Tanzania is dedicated to wildlife management, Very and disease good. monitoring and veterinary aspects are increasingly important in the success of those programs so on the river park here in san diego we 're trying to connect open spaces through uh, our San Diego River as a corridor to Reclaim um, and protect our watershed and provide for wildlife corridors from one um, state or county park or open space preserve to another. So, those are just the Anza Bregel Foundation and Institute, which educates people about um, our our parks um, and the resources that they hold and the science that goes on there. That's the largest state park in California. It it comprises about 17% of San Diego County, and a lot of people think that deserts are just big voids. And in Uh fact, uh, there are incredible resources there. So um, the Institute is is a a new entity under the foundation to bring science and people together. Very good. Now, do you still have your cheetah that walks on a leash? I have two cheetahs, a female and a male. Uh Um, They're very well trained. Not only do they walk on a leash and walk up on a stage in front of large audiences and on television, as with Jay Leno uh, uh-huh. a month or two ago, uh-huh. but have even flown in, in a Learjet to New York for programs. So they're wow. they're, they're pretty good, but they're still wild animals.
7: Uh-huh.
19: We always have to remind people when they see them behaving so Dusty. perfectly that yeah. they are a wild animal. They can become frightened, and they, they can act very wild at times. Do so, they travel well? Uh, The cheetah travels very well. We start them very young. Uh, We crate train them just as you, you know, would your your dog um, to feel comfortable, to feel that that's their home away from home, and they're very comfortable in their crates. They actually, many of the animals like to, you know, get in their crates and go because particularly cheetahs, they're very visually oriented, and I think they, they find it somewhat entertaining. Kind of like watching TV or going on a road trip for for kids, all new sights and sounds. Have you
3: ever been injured or bitten or by any of your animals? Oh, I've been kicked and
19: <laughs> bitten and slapped and horned and stomped and you know, <laughs> everything that can happen. And most of that occurs, actually, um, I think, you know, in the training process tends not to happen too much on television or with with animals that we put up on a stage because they're pretty well trained at that point, Uh but in the process of getting to that point or even... You know, like for instance, cutting horses or jumping horses and all the things that I've done, you're always kind of in competition. You're kind of pushing the limits. And so ultimately, you know, you're going to miss a fence or your horse is going to turn on a cow and you're going to, you know, (laughs) Uh get unseated or something's going to happen or you're going to be breeding a horse and the feet are flying or, you know, the mare's kicking or, you know, there's just things that happen when you're around wildlife. Right, right.
1: Well, it sure does sound like you're staying busy. Just a little. <laughs> we are just about out of time. Uh, I want to give out the website one more time. It's joanembry.com, is that correct? That's correct. And what else are we going to find there?
19: Well, okay, you're, you're going to... I have some of my horses up on the site. I have my wildlife ambassadors. Uh, a little bit about... we're. we're putting together a newsletter right now what we've been doing since the first of the year i think we've got the rose parade on there uh we have uh some television pictures with johnny carson and jay leno and uh what else do we see we have the ranch and we have uh, some of the top projects that i'm working with and links to all of the websites for everything from anza brago foundation envirovet uh Uh, Wildlife Health Center, so that you can just move on to all sorts of venues.
3: Well, you keep coming back on Jay Leno because I love watching it, and I love when you're on. I think that's one of the best parts of the show is when you bring your animals out.
19: Television is very challenging, but it gives us the opportunity to reach large numbers of people. Uh And so um, it also takes animals that are on television right into people's living rooms and bedrooms and with the cameras they have today i mean you know it's they can get close up shots that are incredible it's a great opportunity to showcase if-,
1: if somebody wants to help you out they don't have money but they want to volunteer or learn a little more about what what you're doing do you do you, uh, accept volunteers
19: Actually, we're just starting um, our program for that, so I, I would love to have people kind of sign on or let me know their uh, level of interest, and they can just email me, and uh, we'll, we're kind of putting together a group so we can start that process. There you go. Okay. You- me and Hal will be there <laughs> next month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just heading out now to get on a helicopter to go. Uh, photographed our back country for, the, uh, for my website. So you'll see what I pick up today on
14: helicopter as
19: soon as we can get it online.
1: Very exciting. Wow. Joan, please keep in touch.
14: Oh, thank you. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA.
10: And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal
0: Radio. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew! Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year.
3: And that's it?
0: Yep. For more information, visit www.safeguard.com. That's S A F E G U A R D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy
1: to use, even men can do it. H- hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com.
18: Hi, this is Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, and you're listening to
12: Animal Radio. do have a man. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop
11: this? You can contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a
17: sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911.
13: Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. (coughs)
0: Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. 1-866-405-8405.
1: It's toll free. You couldn't call. You couldn't complain. You couldn't uh, you give us kudos, too. Questions about your pet preferable?
3: Anything you want, call us. Hi, who's this? Hi, my name's Janet.
1: Hey, Janet. How you doing?
3: I'm doing okay. Where are you calling from?
1: Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. And we were just there for the uh, big uh, pet-friendly tour, Canine Reha- yes. Rehabilitation Center. Were you there? I was not. Oh, I'm sorry.
14: <laughs> what... I don't know if they could fix my dog. <laughs> what... Oh, really? That... Uh,
3: what needs to be rehabilitated in your dog?
14: Hmm. <laughs> My dog
3: has gas.
14: Oh, yeah. Whoa. You know, we do hear about that a lot.
3: <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean,
10: this, is, this will make your retinas bleed.
1: <laughs> and you're blaming it on the dog, and it really is the dog this time.
14: It is the dog. It's me and the dog in the house. I know when I fart.
1: <laughs> what kind of diet is your dog on? Uh, he's on the raw diet. The raw diet. Okay, Judy. Would it, would well, you...
3: that, that's good because that's mostly protein. Uh, when you buy the pet foods at the store, it's mostly grain and corn products that they use for fillers. And they don't digest really well in their system, and that can cause a little flatulence.
1: But that's for the for the, the store-bought stuff, The right? store-bought
3: okay. stuff, yes. So if you're feeding him a high-quality food, you know he's getting a lot of protein and he still has gas, then... We need to work on another solution. May I ask? And actually, there is something you can do. If uh, upgrading your dog's diet to a better food doesn't help, you can add a teaspoon, only a teaspoon, at every meal of low-fat yogurt. Of yogurt? Yes. There's bacteria cultures in yogurt reduce the internal gas. So if you add just a little bit at every meal. Does that
1: work for humans?
3: I'm just wondering.
1: <laughs> what about Beano? Can you use Beano?
10: I've heard people say Actually,
3: that. Actually, w- you can. You can use some of the products, but very, be very careful on the dosage and stuff that you give your pets. Well, for.
10: I love the yogurt idea. Yeah. I, I eat a lot of yogurt, and I make
18: yogurt once a week.
3: You Really? So you make your
1: own yogurt?
18: Yeah, homegrown yogurt. How do yeah. you make yogurt? Oh, you know, I'll send you a postcard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you can share your yogurt with your dog and see if that takes care of the problem. And so,
3: really you think he'll eat it? Oh, they love it. Oh, good. Yeah, and uh, another thing, I don't know if you give your dog any table scraps. Uh, table scraps are not good. Some human foods, uh, dogs don't digest very well.
18: I, I I, know that, and I and I would like to be able to say that I don't give my dog table
1: scraps. <laughs> oh, everybody does. Everybody you should
18: does. when he looks at me eating a big fat
3: juicy hand. and he gives me that look like no one loves me please (laughs) and who am I to resist and also be very careful uh with dairy products if you give your dog dairy products some dogs are actually lactose intolerant well isn't yogurt a dairy product yeah well not I guess with the cultures it's a little different from just regular dairy products and tell me again how much to add a teaspoon at every meal. A te- like a teaspoon is like, If this is a big dog. It's a small, yeah, that's a small amount
1: for a big dog. Okay,
3: so a teaspoon and a half, let's upgrade it a little. Yeah, just
1: okay. start low and work your way up.
3: Well, so can I work my way up? I mean, if he loves it, I'm thinking it's got to be good for him. I would think so. I don't think it'll do him any harm. And,
1: okay. And, and as far as I understand, flatulence is actually a sign that things are working pretty good. Is, is that true?
3: Uh, I don't know that answer, but,
5: uh, <laughs> okay. but
3: anyways, if all else fails, if you try that and it still doesn't work, I think... It's time to take him to your vet for a checkup. They're oh just, God!
5: Okay, y- we hate the vet. Sorry. Uh, <laughs>
3: you know, there, there's always that thing with with those darn anal glands. I, so, oh, you mean? Oh yeah. So let's
5: not go there. Yeah. yeah.
3: So that's that's just like a last alternative if if nothing else works and. You know, I know, you know, make sure it is the dog because Hal blames the cats in the studio.
5: Oh,
14: so well. I I have a cat. Yeah, so. I doubt it, though. (laughs) They're healthy cats. You know, she's a delicate flower.
3: (laughs) Must be a female. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Janet calling from Denver. Thanks so much for calling today. My
3: pleasure. Thank you for your help. Time has
1: flown by again. Woohoo. I want to thank Joan Embry.
3: uh, She's a great guest. I love watching her on Leno. I hope to see more of her. That's why
1: I hate it when this is only radio. You couldn't see <laughs> see the the animals of Joan Embry. Also want to thank NBC's biggest loser trainer Jillian Michaels for coming on and having a little fun with us today.
3: Yeah, that must be hard for her to admit that she does all this human training and she has a fat dog. Yes.
1: Remember you can get all links to everything you heard today at animalradio.com. And also remember, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week you can hear fresh animal programming at AnimalRadio.com.
3: That's a lot.
1: That sure is. <laughs> if you like joy, you can get a whole hour every weeknight at AnimalRadio.com. All the latest news, Rayanne Cumulos, uh, the celebrities, some archives. It's just a great place to be. And if you can't be around an Internet connection, but you have a cell phone, we're on any cell phone in America, any provider.
3: That's amazing.
1: All you have to do is go on over to MyNBN.com, type in your phone number, and you're registered free to listen to Animal Radio anytime you want, anywhere from your cell phone.
3: There you go. If you're somewhere, you're waiting, you're bored, you're just in line or something, just turn on your cell phone. You know, people will think you're important, like you're really on a call, but you'll be listening (laughs) to us.
1: Which is not important.
3: (laughs) Yes, it is. You really will be on an important call.
1: Here's the important news. If you get an animal this week, remember to spay or neuter.
3: And don't buy from a breeder. There's plenty of dogs out there. If you want a specific breed, go to a rescue online.
1: And if you get a cat, don't declaw. There's so many alternatives to declawing. If you want some information on that, you can call me during the week at 1-866-405-8405. I'm Hal Abrams. And I'm Judy Francis. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Animal. Radio
7: Network. Network.